Blackstone, Dennis Cronin, Kalashaw, Luka Doncic, and Kyrie Irving. And Tim Kalashaw, all in Dallas. <laughs> but there's oh. only one ball. How's it all going to work out? <laughs> not going to work. <laughs> and the highs and the not-so-highs from the Pro Bowl and All-Star Weekend. Let's go. Big three in Dallas again. We can do that post everybody does after a trade. This guy and that guy, who's going to stop them? Uh, maybe, maybe the guy on, on the right there with 516 as his jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Great day to have you on, though, Timmy. Pulling the switch of the Mavs trade, what Dallas just did. It's a trade the Lakers wanted, a trade the Suns wanted. A deal Kyrie is reportedly ecstatic about at the moment. Luca reportedly signed off on it. The mural, please and help. Well, they said Kyrie, Tim. Can this possibly work for the Dallas Mavericks? Around the horn to you. By the way, I think Kyrie Irving was ecstatic when he went to Cleveland and then when he went to Boston and then he was thrilled to go to Brooklyn. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited that he's excited to come to Dallas. However, I have trouble finding anything at all to like about this trade other than that it clearly shows the Mavericks realize they have screwed up for five years in their ability, uh, inability to build a team around Luka Doncic. They tried it with a big Porzingis trade. That fell flat. They got cute with Jalen Brunson's contract. Didn't really think he would <clears throat> leave here to go to New York. He's gone. And now they're left with a 500 team that can't play defense. Ranks <laughs> bottom five in the NBA in defense, which is the big change from the team that went to the Western Conference Finals. And they decided to trade their best perimeter defender and bring in Kyrie Irving, where defense is kind of, kind of an afterthought for him. <laughs> I know in a video game type way, having two guards who average 60 points might sound exciting. And there will probably be some games where it mm -hmm. is exciting. But how many of those games will there be? And how many does Kyrie intend to play? Or just is he able to play? A lot of his problems are injury related. He doesn't play a lot. And, and so there, I, how can anybody look at this and see how Irving's last three stops have ended and say, this is going to go well? So this is going to You end don't believe Dallas can pull Dallas. this off on the, in the micro? No. In the macro? On any level? I don't know. I mean, he could leave in the summer if he wanted to, if he really isn't happier. So this could be a rental. But even if they extend him, now you've committed over $40 million a year for whatever number of years to him, and the same thing to Luca. And how do you build a team around that? I just think it's going to be impossible to get it Courtney done. Courtney Cronin, any way the Mavs could pull this off? Well, to Tim's point, he could be a short-term rental, but I don't think that Dallas executes this move with that in mind. I think he does end up getting the long-term contract assurances that he couldn't get from Brooklyn because Mark Cuban, you got to give him credit for trying to pair Luka Doncic with another superstar because we know this usage rate for him offensively and the offensive burden he has to carry now that Jalen Brunson is somewhere else is not sustainable. 39% usage rate, single fifth highest in a single season in NBA history, and when he goes goes to the bench. That's when things fall apart for this team. Uh, per 100 possessions, this team can score 12 points. So clearly you bring Kyrie Irving into the mix and realizing he's playing his best basketball with Kevin Durant injured on the bench right now. I think from a purely basketball perspective, this helps their chances in the Western so you Conference. Like this but move. long term, do we know that Kyrie isn't going okay. to be the same controversial injury-prone guy he's been in the past? Mm -hmm. But 
But you do believe Luka and Kyrie can work on a basketball level together for the Mavericks this season right now. I think that this is still going to be a very ISO switch heavy team and there is only one basketball so they're both ball dominant players. If they can work that out, that's okay. Defensively though, that's everybody's biggest mystery that we're going to have to solve the next David couple Dennis months. David Dennis Jr. Yeah, let's start with the good here. Uh, to, to Courtney's point, the Mavs, when Luka's on the floor, have the best offensive rating. When he's off, they have the league's worst. So when Kyrie is going to be in the game and Luka's out, he'll sort of offset that a little bit. Okay. Now let's get to the bad. The bad is everything else. The defense is going to be a disaster. You've traded two role players, two important players, for a guy that's going to make that defense worse and then does not make them sort of shoe-ins for the finals or a championship. And to Tim's point, Kyrie can leave in the summer. So the Mavericks are looking at a future in which they have no Finney Smith, no Dinwiddie, no Kyrie. And Luka's looking around saying, I really don't have any help. I thought I didn't have help last season. I really don't have any help. And the clock starts ticking for Luka. And how long before he starts saying, I need to go someplace else where I actually get support with the roster. Mm -hmm. And now Kevin Blackest on the West. Maybe it's wide open this year. Could a Luka and Kyrie duo bring the Mavericks into the conversation here? I mean, in the short term, as you just put it, after the All-Star break, if Luka comes back and he's healthy, if Kyrie plays on planet Earth and not whatever other planet he tends to play on at times, then yes, they can cause uh, quite a mess in the West. However... Um, the track record, the resume, we know it. Um, you're talking about a guy in Kyrie who's had one super successful season in the NBA, and that was when LeBron James uh, joined him, passed him the ball. He was basically the MVP of, the, of those finals, and it looked great. But he left a guy in the prime of his career who, on, in some books, is arguably the greatest player ever. And we know the rest of the history. He's walked out on people. He's been in the backcourt with great players like James Harden. He's played with guys like KD. He was with a great young offensive team in Boston, and that didn't work out. So based on all of that, I can't see how I can argue that it's going to work just because he's in the I, I appreciate that. From a basketball standpoint, Tim, if we could just drill down on that, the, the expression there's only one ball. You heard that. But what Kyrie right. and Luka could do well together. I, you know, I, I think it's a long shot. You made one good point there about the Western Conference. There are, there are two really good teams, Denver and Memphis. It falls off drastic, dr- drastically after that, and everybody from three to about 13 is in the same boat. So that's the hope. That is the hope for this year. But beyond that, I just don't see how these two it's, – it just doesn't seem like a match made and something that's going to work. David Dennis brought up the idea that this could hasten Luca thinking in a year or two now, maybe this franchise will never figure it out. Do you believe that to be the case? I think, that, I think that's the real problem here. I think, you know, the further they get from a nice balanced team around him that looks like what they had last year but a little better with Brunson and Dinwiddie and Finney Smith and those kind of players, uh, then, then the quicker it is for Luca to say, I love Dallas, but I got to get out of here. We'll move on. How the deal works for Brooklyn now. And how it works out for Kevin Durant. And was this offer from Dallas better than the Lakers one with Westbrook and those two draft picks a half a decade from now? Or the Phoenix one with Chris Paul and Jay Crowder in a pick? David, did the Nets need to do this deal? Well, they needed to do something because they essentially 
open the door for Kyrie to leave. If, if Josiah, Bobby Marks, if you don't want Kyrie Irving on that team, just get rid of him. Don't make this contract where you have to win a championship to get a third year uh, on that contract. That was asinine. There was no way that was going to work. So, yeah, they had to do something, but now they're staring at a situation in which they had Harden, Kyrie, KD, and seven playoff wins total to uh, to show for it, and KD with one foot out of the door. This is an all-time disaster from uh, you know uh, from all levels from the Nets. Mm-hmm. Sean Marks, of course, is who you're speaking of. Kevin, you came Sean on the Marks. show on Friday and you said, "Do not trade him. Do not acquiesce. Yes, do not make a deal." They did. What do you think of it? I think it's a bad deal. I mean, I think you you know you you hung your your hat on. Three players. You got two left. Two great players. Make it work. Not only that, remember, Kyrie was playing fantastic basketball with Kevin Durant out. He was averaging like 33 points a game. I mean, he was playing more focused than maybe he's ever played um, since he's been in, in uh, Brooklyn. So you gotta, you got to make that work. Now what do you have? Now you have KD left. He's going to be looking around. He doesn't want, he's not going to want to be there. Now you've got to start uh, to rebuild all over again. I tell you what, a lot of this has got to go on Sean Marks. You mentioned him because he's the one that put this team together. It has imploded. It has not worked. It has been a grand disaster. Can they save it in the next three days before the deadline, Kalashaw? Could there be a deal they make to get into a better place? Or could they be in a better place right now? I think both teams are, are talking a lot, as are, as are other teams. But I, I do think they have better depth now. We talked about the Nets don't have any depth on that team they had before. They've got some players who can play. Okay. But is Durant ready to come back and lead them? And is he committed to doing that? I mean, he went to Brooklyn with the idea of playing with Kyrie and then the idea of Harden being there. And now they're all gone. If, is, he, is he totally 100% on board with being Would you Brooklyn? see a world where Kevin Durant is moved by Thursday's deadline, Tim? I, I mean, everything at this point is possible, yes. Courtney Cronin, how about you? Yeah, I absolutely could see Kevin Durant wanting out if he doesn't think that this newly constructed team with Dorian Finney-Smith, who is one of the best 3 and D wings in basketball, you get about 18 points a game from Spencer Dinwiddie. If that's not what he thinks can lead this team that's currently fourth in the Eastern Conference to the NBA Finals, then maybe he does request out. But I really, you know, back to David's point, Three trade requests from their superstars in the last calendar year. That's a major black eye on this Nets front office. They don't get off scot-free here at all, despite Kyrie and when the trade requests went down on Friday. Where does Durant? He was the one who single-handedly chose Kyrie Irving, right, instead of Steph Curry. Could a deal for a DeMar DeRozan in Chicago? Because you know the Nets are making the deal with Dallas because they like the chance to move some more pieces. That's why they didn't trade for Chris Paul. That's why they didn't trade for Russell Westbrook. Could a DeRozan satisfy the Nets here? Uh, DeMar DeRozan, maybe it's a Zach Levine. You do have some tradable first-round assets that if you want to jump right back into this pool and if Kevin Durant can come back from his knee injury and be playing at that MVP caliber level he was before then, maybe this all ends up working out, at least in the short term for this season. David, I know you were viewing this maybe from the Lakers' perspective a little bit before uh, this weekend, the idea that LeBron wants it. It might happen for the Lakers. Well, he didn't get what he wanted, right? His tweet last night was... It's a little bit interesting. Maybe it's me. I'm not sure how serious you took that. But they did put a deal on the table, and the Nets didn't take it. And now what's LeBron to do? 
I mean, maybe it is kind of him because one of the reasons the Lakers are in this mess is because you demanded to have Russell Westbrook and that was a disaster. But in terms of overall, the Lakers need to figure out what they are going to do. They're holding on to these picks for future players who are not going to be as good as LeBron is right now. And the Lakers are in purgatory. Either you blow it up, get rid of uh, LeBron and AD now, or you try to build a championship team with what you have. But this middle ground where you're not making the playoffs and you're holding on to these picks is not servicing anybody. <laughs> so you have LeBron moving at the trade deadline. You have Anthony Davis moving at the trade deadline. Maybe Kevin Durant well, moving at the trade deadline. Busy week. End of the season. End of the season. I think everybody's going to stay put by the trade deadline, but something's got to give between now and the summer. Cronin mm-hmm. 10. Dennis 10. Stone 9. Tim Kalashaw 8. Buy or sell next. Kyrie already dragging down Kalashaw. What's up, kiddos? I'm Clinton Yates of Around the Horn. Whenever I go to cover games or attend events in Los Angeles, I'm always keeping my eye out for the best-dressed person in the room. I saw Diego Luna at the Andor Red Carpet launch event, Star Wars, folks, and he looked head of state fresh. Now you can also be that person, too, whether you're sitting courtside, attending a fancy dinner, or going to a wedding. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks for way, way less. They start at just $4.99. With Indochino, you can design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, etc. A tailored fit from home. Set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code HORN to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code HORN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. The NBA probing into the report that came from The Athletic that acquaintances of Ja Moran allegedly aggressively confronted members of the Pacers traveling party near the team's bus after a game last week. But the most significant detail came after, again allegedly, a red laser was said to be trained on members of the Pacers. And it's said to have come from a slow-moving SUV, an SUV Morant was reportedly riding in. So there's wonder there if there was a gun involved. That has not been confirmed. There has been, quote, fear of retribution and quote, among those cited in the article, the NBA in its review could not corroborate that anyone threatened anyone with a weapon. John Morant has publicly posted, suggesting that his family has been given a bad name throughout all this. The investigation was not um, real. So, Kevin Blackstone, was this, is this serious for the NBA? And what is this for John Morant? 
Well, you know, it's one thing to get into a beef with somebody during a game in which the league may look into it and then decide to suspend you. It's another thing entirely to get into an apparent beef with somebody off the field where someone alleges that maybe a gun was was uh, pulled and to have your name dragged into that. I think John Morant, who has been one of the fan favorites and league favorites since he's come into this league, um, needs to recognize that and do whatever he needs to do to uh, rectify the situation um, before he gets a stain on his neck. So does that mean to come out and and publicly address this in a more concise way well, or clear way yeah. with more visibility into what happened? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, the tweet that he issued about this was not very <laughs> was not going to win an explanatory journalism award let's put it that way i mean i think he needs to come out and say exactly what happened and vow that it'll never happen again and it's been misunderstood david kevin just said morant's one of the most popular faces of the nba grizzlies were a very likable team at least at one point where is the nba right now with this investigation yeah this is about john morant getting his proverbial house in order like i before we even get to the laser before we get to the slow moving suv and the threats why is your you know crew of folks arguing with pacers travel team 15 to 20 minutes outside the game in the first place i understand tempers flare mistakes happen but john morant needs to get his folks together they cannot be doing this and whoever was responsible for sparking all this cannot be part of his crew and cannot be coming to these games going forward just for his own career sake. Cody Cronin. The Grizzlies need to realize how some of their actions have been affecting the overall outcome lately. Their number two seed in the West, Dylan Brooks, in the hard foul the other night comes into question. And then, of course, on top of everything else, now we're dealing with this with John Morant. Next year, his five-year extension kicks in. He's going to make upwards of $195 million. Do you really want to throw that away based on the company you keep and putting yourself in jeopardy? And to speak to the bigger picture here, fans sitting courtside have to abide by a certain decorum. You can't be walking out onto the floor, and you certainly can't be getting into it at this level with players on the floor. And Tim Kalashow, your view of all this, remember the uh, slow-moving SUV reportedly, a laser trained on members of the Pacers reportedly, and that Morant was in that car. Yeah, none of it's none of it's good for John Morant. And while you can say a player <clears throat> can't be held accountable for all the actions of his friends and everybody he knows, these are people who are at <clears throat> on the front row of the game, the, you know, his tickets and all the rest. And as you showed in the video, one of them is just walking out on the court during the game, yelling at some Pacers players. So is that the issue they for the NBA, that, that fans are now at courtside believing they could just walk out on the court and talk? Well, the NBA, <clears throat> NBA is partly responsible for that. They've got people three feet away from the action for those multi-thousand dollar tickets. And uh, this is always uh, something you concern yourself with. This looks a little more concerning. Buy or sell, too. Latest on Steph Curry's timeline with the injury. Several weeks what's being reported. Doctors calling it partial tears to his superior tibial fibular ligaments. Warriors the 8th seed right now, but a game away from being the 11th seed, which, hello, does not make the playoffs. David, are you starting to wonder about the Warriors making the playoffs? Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Their season comes down to these next 40 games. This team is a championship team and has the, the capability of if they're in the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised they made the finals. But they have to get there, which means that they have to figure out how to stay at least 400 over the, I mean, 500 over the next four weeks with Poole stepping up and Clay and Draymond being dominant on defense. They have to figure it out while Steph is gone. Are you concerned whether they can do that? Can they be a 500 team without Steph? 
Now, I, I am extremely concerned. Um, you know, they did decently when he was gone last time, but that was part of a, a long homestand. Now they got to win some of these games on the road with him gone. So, yeah, I have a lot of concern about them and able, being able to do that. This is his second prolonged absence. They were 6-5 and five the last time he missed an ample amount of time with that shoulder injury. I am concerned with it, and Bob Myers, the Warriors GM, said that he wants to add to the Warriors' margin of error. So maybe ahead of Thursday's trade deadline, they make a move, and maybe they move on from a Jonathan Kaminga, Jason Weinsman, to bring somebody back in to help them. And who could that, that be? Anybody? Your, uh, any spotlight on any player there? I'd love to see Kevin Durant back with the oh, Warriors. Oh, here we go. Everybody, look at this. Cronin and David Dennis Jr. want every player in the NBA traded in the next three days. Go ahead, Kalisha. You know, I think the playoffs these days for a team like the Warriors, you're looking at the top ten. They, they feel like they could win a play-in game uh, as long as they're healthy against just yeah, about yeah. anybody. So they're not really worried about missing the playoffs. But, but everybody's right to be concerned. This is a championship team that has never gotten on any kind of a role, sustained role this year, never looked like the team and we stole. saw last spring. Worried about not making the play-in game. They're like a game or a game and a half out of missing the play-in game. And not only that, they have a losing record this season without Steph Curry. So it does not look good for the Warriors. Cronin and Dennis for Wilbon and Kornheiser. You guys do PTI for a few days, then you come back to, we'll do a couple trades here. That is, it'll be it. They're gonna need to throw in some picks for us. Kyle Shaw, Blackstone Show, that next. Nobody wants to hear your picks. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Weekending with number ones. South Carolina put it together, clamped down UConn late to get the road win in the national title rematch. Purdue, not so lucky at Indiana. Total team effort and total team win from the Hoosiers. But the Boilermakers still number one in today's rankings. Tim, which one is the one you want to focus on? I want to focus on the one that's won 29 games in a row. That's the South Carolina women. They're trying to become the first women's team to go back-to-back since UConn used to do it year after year after year. And they are equipped to do it. Big game with LSU next Sunday before the Super Blackstone. Yeah, I'm going to focus on that as well, but I want to get on people who are saying that the game is past Gino R.M. a bye. Are you kidding me? He's missing two outstanding players in Beckers and in FUD. That's one of the problems, and he's going up against a South Carolina team that not only is your national champion, but also has the reigning national national player of the year in Aaliyah Boston, too. I don't think anybody, yeah, everyone acknowledges that, but nobody's crying over that right now. 
How does Purdue still stay number one after a loss? Nobody wants to address that. Can't... What's going on with that? Tim Callis, I'll take the FaceTime. Oh. Thank you, Tony. Gonna have to update that jersey at the start of the show. Uh, let me just say this about the Pro Bowl. They're trying. They're trying. They're moving in the right direction. We had uh, like with it? flag football. We had Trayvon Diggs intercepting his brother. We had C.D. Lamb. This is a big day for the Cowboys. C.D. Lamb, your leading receiver. But they had like so many different events and games and things leading up to those games. It's hard to tell exactly how the scoring worked. But I like Peyton Manning's passion. Did you see the end of the game? He wanted to go after the ref for a call so you liked the it. final play. Let's he lost buy his brother Eli. It's an improvement. Buy it's yourself play football. Like Blackstone? You no? see how fast Sell. they are. You see Sell. the little Garrett got like hurt. Throw it in. Sell it. Sell it somewhere you don't know what the points Sorry, were. Sorry, Tim. We'll see you tomorrow.